0: All right, I'm going to ask a question, maybe a little loaded. I don't want you to think about any ways in which it might be loaded. I just want you to answer honestly. And the question is this, how many of you can say that you had a traditional, well, I don't want to say traditional, how many, how, how, how many of you can say that you had a conversion experience? So you can think of you, you were, you were lost, but now you're found of oh, this, is uh, a conversion experience to, to meet to, to the Lord raise them raise them high i want to know who had this okay um i am not one of you uh when i say i grew up in the faith i mean it it was probably sometime god's grace was probably uh was extended to me probably sometime in the womb that's probably when it's probably when it was um, but 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 all but all but all of this, but but even though even though I can't even though I can't say that there was that there, that, that there's a time that I remember when I didn't believe that Jesus was that, that Jesus died and was raised for me, I did have a conversion experience of sorts, and this was in February two thousand twenty-two. Now, as you all probably know, I did my I did my doctoral research on on lynching. Um, I'm your pastor, but I'm also a scholar of race, and I, I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be the black guy who's pigeonholed into talking about race all the time, but it is what it is. So, so, for, so, for, so, so for a significant period of time, I thought about race in a particular way for years. And starting a few years ago, I began to see things a little bit differently. I started to see the holes in the ways that Christian circles tended to talk about race. I started to see that, well, we, 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 we use the language of racial reconciliation and personal relationships, but I think there's, there's more to it than that. I knew, as we must, that when we talk about something like race, we're also talking about systems that are specifically created to oppress. But I didn't really know how deep the rabbit hole went. And so in February 2022, I encountered three books that I believe changed my life. First was Martin Luther King's Where Do We Go From Here? Second was Jonathan Tran's Asian Americans and the Spirit of Racial Capitalism. And third was Antonio Gonzalez's God's Reign and the End of Empires. This was the month that I saw the light. That 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 most of our conversations about race whether personally or systemically are actually pictures of one particular sin, greed. And the thing about light is that it illuminates. And when I saw this, I saw it everywhere, and and not just just in the world, I saw it in the scriptures too. And this was not a matter of just me kind of reading in a hobby horse into the scriptures. No, it was was a matter of seeing what we as American Christians have often ignored, that greed keeps us out of the kingdom and poisons our relationships with one another. It's the primary theme of the book I'm writing, which is now titled The Anti-Greed Gospel. It'll be available for pre-order in July. I'm excited too. For me though, this was, a, this was, it was like a conversion. A light went off in my head, illuminating the world, illuminating my own life and illuminating the scriptures. And I tell this story because Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount uses these metaphors of salt and light as a link between the Beatitudes that came before and the commands that are about to follow. So the Beatitudes, which we've talked about for the last few months, describe who the Christian is. The Christian lives in solidarity with the the needy. The Christian is meek. The Christian is a peacemaker. The Christian hungers and thirsts for righteousness. You get the point. But Matthew 5, 13 to 16 describe what the Christian is. The Beatitudes are who you are. These verses on salt and light describe what you are in relationship with the world. So Slim preached on salt last week. This week we're going to talk about light. As Jesus says, you, all of you, are the light of the world. Now, we could go in a bunch of directions with this. Light, light does a lot of different things, and it would be easy to follow all those trails, but, but but, Jesus gives us a few functions of light. And so those are the ones that we're, that we're going to focus on this morning. And they are these, these three. The light of a spirit-filled community, the light of spirit-fueled illumination, and the light of spirit-empowered righteousness. We'll say it another way. The Christian community... Shows the world what true community is. It shows the world what it truly is. And it shows the world how to truly live. First, this community point. Normally we build to the communal application. But Jesus comes right out of the gate. You is plural. You all are the light of the world. And then uses this image of a town that's built on a hill that can't be hid. So that's, it's, an, it's an important image. It's a town, not a person. As in, you might hear this text and think, goodness gracious, that's a lot of pressure for me. I've got to be the light of the world? How's that, How's that going to work? I think about the, 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 the candlelight services that you may have been to, where like where you have a candle. If you're in a dark room and you just have a candle, you are not lighting that entire room. But when everybody else's candles get lit, the entire room is lit. But even, 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 e- e- even with that metaphor... Somebody's got to light that first candle. And there is only one person who is truly, in and of himself, the light of the world. Listen, listen to John 1, one, verses one to four. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. Jesus is the light, and possessor of the light, the Holy Spirit. And when you're united to Christ by faith, he gives you the Holy Spirit and he gives you the community of faith. Because it's not just the Holy Spirit in you individually that is the light of the world. It's the Holy Spirit in us, which is actually the light of the world. So let me break it down. Our our current economy breaks down institutions and it breaks down communities. We are regularly, every day, encouraged to think about ourselves just as individuals. When we think about our family decisions, when we think about our work decisions, our our daily decisions, we we think first and foremost about ourselves individually. What am I capable of? What can I do? What what makes the most sense for me and for mine? But being a part of a spirit-filled community asks us to ask different questions. How do my decisions affect us? Now, I realize in asking you to ask those questions, I'm asking more of you than you may be used to. I'm asking you to think about more than just your family. People in this congregation have needs, and we, as a community, have committed, especially if you're a member of this church, to meet one another's needs. But that is exactly one of the ways in which our community is supposed to be a light to the world. You see, we have an opportunity by the Spirit to live as a community that lives by the logic of the kingdom of God. And the fruit of the spirit? their social values. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of those things require other people. You can't love alone. Joy is not something that can, that can just be cultivated on your own. It happens in community. Peace is not just an inner reality. It's an outer one. Forbearance, long-suffering... Requires us to be in relationships that require us to be patient. Often relationships with people who are not the same as us. Sometimes it's relationships with small children who you have to be patient with. And sometimes it's difficult. Kindness requires people to be kind too. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these things require a community, perhaps not just to be exercised, but also to be recognized. What do I mean by that? I mean that I might think that I'm being gentle, but then when you see me, you might be able to show me whether or not that's actually true. See, the people of God are now and have always been called to be inviting lights to the world. When God called Abraham, when he freed his people from slavery to Egypt, when he gave them the law, his intention was always not that they would be this this enclave separate from the world, but that they would be an enfleshment of God's love for the world, in the world. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a sign to the world that God loves them and wants them to be free from the slave drivers of sin, death, and the devil. And, and as, as sunlight warms the spaces that it fills, so we are to warm the spaces that we fill and the hearts of the people that we find ourselves in contact with. But light also illuminates. Jesus says in Matthew five fifteen. neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. When the people of God live as they are supposed to live, they reveal the corruption of the world. People got upset with Jesus because he's shown a light on their actual practices and their actual intentions. And if I want to do stuff in the dark, I want it to stay in the dark. That's why I do it in the dark in the first place. Also, think about when you're you're asleep. Let's say it's 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And somebody shines a bright light in your face. What's your first response? rage rage what are the, what are you doing i why are you shining light in my eyes i was comfortable i was sleeping but that tone might change if that person then told you i shone that light in your face to wake you up because your house is on fire and if you had stayed asleep you would have perished the christian is insistent on being that kind of light The verse where Jesus refers to us like a lamp is actually explained by Paul in Ephesians five eight to eleven. Paul says this: For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Christians are going are going to be, at least initially. You're going to be annoying to the world because Christians are supposed to be incessant in our recognition and exposure of injustice. If we see something, we're we're to not only say something, but to do something about it insofar as we can. That's one of the things that it means to be light and to be a light that extends to the whole house. Back uh, Back in the snowpocalypse or snowvid, whatever we called that thing three years ago when it was super cold and everybody lost power. Our house lost power and the and the temperature ducked, ducked below zero. And, ja- and Jasmine was like about seven months. And so she was incredibly vulnerable. And our house was getting colder and colder as the hours went by. And so Desiree and I scrambled. We were like, where is she gonna take a nap? Where's the warmest room in the house? And it was a walk-in closet off of our bedroom. It was also the only place that we could like fit the pack and play too. But it's a room with no windows and a room that we could actually keep completely dark. And, 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 and because of that, the cold, the cold made its way there eventually, but it was much slower to get there. And brothers and sisters, there are walk-in closets in our lives and throughout the world. Closets where the, where the light is slow to seep in. Closets where, where, where the warmth is slow to, see, to seep in. Doors that people would much rather stay closed. We have areas of our lives where we would rather people not know about them because we find them embarrassing or shameful. But also, the world often keeps the mechanisms of, of exploitation, of, of poverty, of debt, and of corruption, it keeps those things hidden. Think about this in terms of racial violence. We're, 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 we're no longer gathering in crowds of thousands to burn black men alive, as was done in this country a little over a century ago. But the prison system continues to kill and degrade slowly. Hunger kills and degrades slowly. The difficulty of finding housing kills and degrades slowly. And the Lord has tasked us by the power of the Holy Spirit with exposure, not only of ourselves, but of the world. And this is supposed to be a community where there are no closets, dear brother or dear sister. The only way for us to be Christ-like is for all of us to be Christ-like. It's not you individually are the light of the world. It's not you, Desiree, are the light of the world. You, Cole, are the light of the world. It's you, all of you, are the light of the world together. And don't shade that light The more the light of Christ shines in and throughout your life, the more it can shine out of you. That is when we're, when we're deep and incisive in our repentance, when we, when we look at our own lives and we ask, what, what Lord can you do in me to make me more Christ-like? What, what of my thoughts, of my deeds, of my words, what, what do you still need to sanctify? When we ask those questions and follow where the Lord and the scriptures lead, God can set us up to be purer lights in our community and in the world. But it starts there. You've got to get the light shown on and in you before you can share it. But that takes Jesus to his conclusion. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Show people your faith. Do not hide it. But here's how. Slim was a little hard on street evangelists last week. Uh, I want to give some context. What it means when we're talking about sharing, when we're talking about sharing our faith. It's, it's, it's important to see what Jesus is saying about what he says it means to be the light of the world. Because remember, we are the light because he is the light. And we are the light only in so far as we follow Christ who is the light, and seek to be light in the way that he was, is, and will continue to be light. So what do I mean by that? How did Jesus live a life of light shining? Well, did he, did he just declare his identity loudly in the streets? Did he just calling out sin, condemning folks, loudly proclaiming the corruption of the Roman Empire and the need for its collapse? Not exactly. And, th- and that's not to say that those are bad things to do exploitative empires do need to fall sin does need to be revealed christ's identity does need to be known but what did jesus's life actually consist of it was a lot of healing it was a lot of it was a lot of care preaching yes but preaching as an invitation to new life not not just a condemnation of the old it included condemnation of the old but it was also an invitation to new life And so Jesus' summary is this, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So then the question that we have to ask ourselves is this, am I living a life that encourages others to glorify God because of me? Note, that is not me saying, am I living a life that encourages others to glorify me? we have some friends in uh, 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 in New Haven close 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 mentors and whenever i think about uh, it's funny i mean just just whenever i think about like Christ likeness i think about i think about this couple but 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 one of the things that just continues to strike me about them is that you know there there, there will be things 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 in their life things that they go through that just just kind of exhibits of just of just like extreme spiritual strength and and they are relentless about pointing to jesus every single time every single time and like in my mind i'm like no like y'all are just amazing people and they're like "No, no no it's it's jesus relentless every single time these are the kinds of folks that i glorify god for but this is also the kind of people that we're all called to be later in the sermon on the mount jesus is going to describe three essential christian practices giving to the poor fasting and prayer and he's gonna say, don't do this just so that other people notice. That is, don't put banners up or demand that a building be named after you when you give to the poor. Don't, don't disfigure your face or your posture so that people know that you're fasting. Oh my goodness, look how hungry I am because I'm so super spiritual fasting all the time. He also says, don't, don't pray super complicated and fancy prayers when you pray. Everybody doesn't need to know that you know all those words. Because these things are not about your glory. They're about the Lord. And also, and here's a moment of of tough love. We don't deserve pats on the back for just doing what the Lord says. Jesus hits this head on in Luke 17, 7-10. So if you get mad at somebody, get mad at Jesus. Uh, Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat. Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, where you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Those are hardcore words for those of us who want to be recognized for how awesome we are. Or for those of us who think that all the things that Christ calls us to do are extra or just things that we'll get around to when we have time and energy. Nope, all these things that I've narrated are basic Christianity. Exposing injustice, basic. Caring for the needy, Basic Christianity. Lives of sexual purity? Basic Christianity. Gentleness? Basic Christianity. Peacemaking? Basic Christianity. Th- these are all just descriptions of what ought to be the normal Christian life. And yes, it seems hard. But the reason why it seems hard is because we are embedded in a world of darkness. And, and, and light seems harsh when you're used to darkness. But when your eyes get adjusted... You realize how much you miss when you're shrouded in darkness. Caring for the needy, for example, if, if, you, if you never do it, it's gonna feel like a sacrifice every time you do. Give this person $20, what, do you know what I could do with that? But, but once these things become habits, once our, once our thoughts shift from what will happen to me if I give to what will happen to my neighbor, brother, or sister if I don't give, you'll be freer, and the Lord, seeing that you're faithful with little, will continue to meet your needs and equip you to be a further blessing to your brothers, sisters, and neighbors. But, and I can't say this enough, this is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Son of God took on flesh, and he lived his life, and he laid down his life, he didn't just do it for fun, He did it because he was the same God who freed his people from slavery and the same God who intended for them to be light of the world from the very beginning. He's the same God who saw his people fall over and over again, who saw them fail over and over again in this mission, the same God who saw his people constantly tempted to conform to the world or to withdraw from it. And until a better example shows up, my favorite movie scene that describes the incarnation to me is in in Avengers Age of Ultra on the mid-credits scene you may not remember off the top of your head that's fine it is when, it's when Thanos picks up the infinity gauntlet and says fine, I'll do it myself as Thanos picked up the infinity gauntlet so Jesus picked up the gauntlet of human life but obviously instead of seeking to wipe out half of the cosmos uh, Jesus his mission was to redeem the cosmos to be a light in the cosmos. And a part of that work was to remind us of what it means to be a light alongside him. And not just remind us, but to actually equip us. He lived and died to show us what a a truly human life is. A life lived in union with God by the power of the spirit and poured out for, for the many. And after he got up from the dead, which first of all, as a phrase, we just have to remember how ridiculous it is. I told y'all, I don't have a traditional conversion experience. And so I, but I have to regularly remind myself that Christians believe weird things. Like it is no, it, 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 it's no, like it's no more normal now for us to say that somebody got up from the dead than it was 2,000 years ago. And yet that is, and yet that's what we build our lives on. People ask people ask why why I why I believe why I believe the scriptures and I I have a PhD in religion I can give you all the background of the scriptures and all this kind of stuff how it all how it all just fits together the the fulfillment of prophecy all that all that kind of stuff look the, my answer to that question is that Jesus died and got up and I'm going to believe whatever he says simply that's that's what it, that's what it comes down to and so and one of the things that he pressed. After he got back up, is he 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 told his people, what happened to me is gonna happen to you from life to death to resurrection, and you're not gonna be able to do it yourself. And so, how do you consistently love your neighbor? By the power of the spirit and with the encouragement of the community. How do you continue to be gentle with somebody who gets on your final nerves by the power of the spirit and the encouragement of the community? How do you battle constant temptation? By the power of the Spirit and the encouragement of the community. Because when we when we lean into, when, when, when we lean into these particular resources, we, we show the world not only what it is now, but what it could be. As a matter of fact, we don't just bear witness to what the world could be. We bear witness to what the world will be. Remember, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. And what's he coming again to do? Well, when he comes, he's coming to complete the work that he started in, in creation. The new heavens and new earth are coming with him, a new cosmos. Peter says it this way in 2 Peter 3:10 to 14. He says this, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? is the question of this text, of the Sermon on the Mount, and of all these words that Jesus is saying about light. What kind of people ought you to be? Well, we ought to be a people who warm, who expose, and who reveal. We ought to warm the spaces that we're in, both materially and spiritually. We ought to expose the things that often hide, exploit, and harm in the darkness. But ultimately, the people of God are light as they reveal to the world what a spirit-filled community can really look like. And we do so knowing that that, 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 that is what the world will be when Jesus returns. It will be a world of justice. It will be a world free of suffering, it will be a world free of sin. One of the things that I that I, that I love from uh, it's from Augustine, but also from some others, that, that 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 one of the things that we can that we can look forward to in our future is not only that we're not going to sin, but we're not even going to want to. The temptation won't even be there. Our redemption will be made completely and totally full. Our bodies, I, I joke that I'm going to have Spider-Man powers, probably, but, but our bodies are going to be different. The, our redeemed, we don't even know what our redeemed bodies are going to be like, but, but we know they're going to be awesome. I don't think the Lord would, would, would begrudge me Spider-Man powers, just, just so. Lord, if you're, if you're listening. Um, But the redemption that we have to look forward to is so far beyond even our imagination and yet that is precisely what the lord has promised to us that this is the world that he is bringing and so and so when he calls us as a people he's like live in the way that i've commanded you to now so that you can bear witness to that reality even now so that so that the transition the transition to the next life is still is still going to be a significant transition but there are tastes but there are tastes of it that we can enjoy here now and so the invitation is come lord jesus Let it be so. Make it so. Let's pray.